Welcome to Flashback to a Fabulous Future with Cheryl Johnson. Over the next hour, you'll learn how the past influences the future and how you can create a fabulous future for yourself. Now, here's Cheryl. Welcome to Flashback to a Fabulous Future. We are embarking on a journey to gain a deeper understanding of our past in order to navigate the future with greater purpose and vitality. Allow me to introduce myself and share my own personal history with you. By understanding my background, you'll gain insight into how my past experiences have influenced and led me to where I'm at today. Our podcast will delve into historical events that have shaped our world and how they continue to impact our lives today. So come along and join me as I share briefly world historical events and my own personal history. You will then see how it has helped shape my future. So to begin, um, let's just explore a little bit. Why do we even study history? Historical knowledge is essential for informed citizenship, critical thinking, and just basically overall awareness. It is important because it helps us understand the present and make informed decisions for the future. By learning about the events, people, and societies of the past, we can gain a deeper understanding of ourselves and the world around us. Additionally, studying history allows us to critically analyze and interpret the past in order to better understand the complexities of the present. Furthermore, the study of history helps us understand how past events have shaped our current political, social, and economic systems and how they continue to influence our lives today. I'm sure you've all heard it before, but the past is prologue. So let's take a look at how history can provide valuable insights into the successes and failures of past societies, the reason behind human conflicts, and the ways in which individuals and groups have positively impacted society. By studying history, we can better understand and learn from the experiences of those who came before us and apply these lessons to improve our present and shape our future. I'm sure you heard all of this when you were in school, we study the history so that we can better understand the present. But I hope throughout the course of this podcast, you will gain a deeper understanding of what exactly that means. So to summarize, by studying history, we can gain a deeper understanding of the origins and development of our current society, as well as the factors that have shaped it. Through historical and critical analysis, we can learn from past mistakes, identify potential warning signs, Keep that in mind and make more informed decisions to prevent similar negative events from happening in the future. Also, historical perspective allows us to gain a deeper understanding of the human experience, particularly in time of crisis. Have you felt like our world has been in crisis for the past few years? The news expounds on one crisis after another. But let's put that into perspective. I found this post from Cool Kids History on Facebook. I quote, For a small amount of perspective at this moment, imagine that you were born in 1900. When you were 14, World War I starts and ends on your 18th birthday with 22 million people killed. Later in that year, a Spanish flu epidemic hits the planet and runs until you're 20. 50 million people die from it in the last two years, in those two years, I should say. Yes, 50 million people. 
when you're 29, the Great Depression begins. Unemployment hits 25%. Global GDP drops 27%. That runs until you're 33. The country nearly collapses along with the world economy. When you turn 39, World War II starts. You aren't even over the hill yet. So let's look at when you are over the hill. When you're 41, (laughs) the United States is fully pulled into World War II. Between your 39th and 45th birthday, 75 million people perish in the war, and the Holocaust kills 6 million. At age 52, the Korean War starts, and 5 million people perish. At 64, the Vietnam War begins, and it doesn't end for many years. 4 million people die in that conflict. Approaching your 62nd birthday, about the time you're getting ready to retire, hopefully, you have the Cuban Missile Crisis, which was a tipping point in the Cold War. Life on our planet as we know it could well have ended. Great leaders prevented that from happening. As you turn 75, the Vietnam War finally ends. Think of everyone on the planet born in 1900. How did you survive all of that? A kid in 1985 didn't think that their 85-year-old grandparent understood how hard school was. Yet those grandparents, and now great-grandparents, survived through everything listed above. Perspective is an amazing art. So let's try and keep things in perspective. Let's be smart, help each other out, and we will get through all of this. In the history of the world, there has never been a storm that lasted. This too shall pass. End quote. So, let's go back a little bit further in history. Well, maybe a lot further back in history. And look at some more examples. So, let's look at the fall of the Roman Empire. This seems to be the most notable fall in history, so we'll look at it first. There are a number of factors that contributed to the fall of Western Roman Empire, which occurred in 476 CE. Some of the most significant include economic instability. The empire's economy was based on slave labor and was heavily dependent on slave-produced goods. As the slave population declined due partially to the neglect of basic needs of slaves, the economy was unable to sustain itself. Additionally, the empire's currency was debased, making it difficult to fund military campaigns and public works. Military overspending. The empire spent a significant portion of its resources on maintaining a large standing army and defending its vast borders from invasion, both militarily and from unwanted immigration. This put a strain on the economy and made it difficult to fund other necessary government functions. Number three, invasions. The empire was constantly under the threat from barbarian invasions and illegal immigration, and its borders were repeatedly breached. The empire was unable to mount an effective defense, and this weakened its military strength. So let's talk a little bit about political instability. That seems to be an issue we have today. The empire was plagued by political instability, including civil wars and frequent changes in leadership. This made it difficult for the empire to maintain a stable government and respond effectively to external threats. Number five, corruption. Yeah, I think that's another one we can talk about today. The empire was plagued by corruption, particularly among its ruling elite. 
This made it difficult for the government to function effectively and for the empire to maintain the support of its citizens. Another factor was Christianity becoming a state religion. The empire adopted Christianity as its state religion, which led to the decline of the traditional Roman religious practices and values. This caused a rift in the religious foundation upon which Rome was founded, and this also was a contributor to its eventual collapse. It's worth noting that the fall of the Western Roman Empire is not an event with a single cause, but as you can tell, was a very complex process. That can be said of most events in history. They are typically not binary, and so critical thinking becomes essential to an accurate review of the past. So, let's briefly review some other fallen empires. There have been many empires throughout history that have fallen, but some of the most notable include the Akkadian Empire, this empire which existed from 2334 BCE to 2154 BCE, was the first empire in world history and was centered in Mesopotamia. It fell due to a combination of factors, including invasions by neighboring people, changes in weather patterns, which affected food supplies, and thus people started exploiting a lot of these resources. Number two was the Roman Empire. We just kind of reviewed that a minute ago. So we'll move on to number three, the Mongol Empire. The Mongol Empire was the largest contiguous empire in world history, existing from 1206 CE to 1368 CE. It fell due to a combination of factors, including overexpansion, political divisions, and economic instability. Are we noticing a pattern here? The Ottoman Empire. The Ottoman Empire was a powerful Islamic empire that existed from 1299 CE to 1923 CE, which is a very long time for an empire to survive. But it fell due to a combination of factors, once again, including economic decline, political reform, and military defeats during World War I. Then we get to the British Empire. The British Empire was one of the largest and most powerful empires in world history existing from the early 16th century to the mid-20th century. It fell due to a combination of factors, including economic decline, political reform, and decolonization movements. And then the last one we'll look at today is the Soviet Union. The Soviet Union was the first socialist state in the world, and it existed from 1917 to 1991. It fell, once again, due to a combination of factors, including economic decline, political reform, and the collapse of the communist ideology. So as you can tell, critical thinking is a crucial aspect of studying history as it requires the examination and analysis of facts and events to draw reasonable conclusions. But a cursory critical review of these empires and their fall shows, number one, economic decline due to government manipulation of the population and its economy, including the currency, Two, major political divisions among the population. Three, exploiting natural resources. And four, invasion from warring tribes and or abuses in legal immigration. But studying history is more than understanding why empires fall. That certainly is an interesting study, as our own empire, according to some, is on the verge of collapse. So let's take a look at what made certain empires last so long. The Ottoman Empire lasted for over 600 years, from 1299 to 1923, as we explained, and there are several factors that contribute to its longevity. Military strength. 
They had a powerful military, which was able to defend its borders and expand its territories through conquests. This military strength also helped to maintain internal stability and control over the empire's diverse population. Administrative efficiency. The Ottoman Empire had a centralized and efficient administrative system, which helped to maintain control over the empire's vast territories and diverse population. This system also helped to promote economic development and maintain law and order. Number three, religious tolerance. The Ottoman Empire was relatively tolerant of different religious groups and allowed them to practice their own religions, which helped to promote social harmony and stability within the empire. Number four, economic prosperity. The Ottoman Empire had a strong economy, which was based on agriculture, trade, and manufacturing. This economic prosperity helped to provide resources and revenue to support the empire's military and administrative activities. Number five, they were very skilled in diplomacy. The Ottoman Empire was also known for its diplomacy and was able to maintain alliances and balance the power of other empires in the region. Political flexibility. That's the last one we'll talk about for the Ottoman Empire. As they were able to adapt to changing circumstances and political shifts, this helped to maintain its longevity. For example, the empire was able to adapt to the rise of Western powers and to implement various reforms to modernize the state and economy in the 19th century. So let's go back to the Roman Empire. It lasted, it's one of the longest lasting empires. And so I think it would behoove us to look and see exactly what made it last from 27 BCE to 476 CE. They had a strong military. The Roman Empire had a powerful and well-trained military, which was able to defend its borders and expand its territory through conquest. This military strength also helped to maintain internal stability and control over the empire's diverse population. They had an effective government. So the Roman Empire had a centralized government that was able to effectively administer its vast territories and diverse population. This government was able to provide law and order, maintain economic stability, and promote social harmony. Infrastructure. The Roman Empire built an extensive system of roads, aqueducts, and public buildings that helped to connect and support its territories, promoting trade and communication. A few years ago, I went over to Rome, and I was just amazed as I went through, you know, and viewed all of the different um, buildings and, and the infrastructure. I guess maybe I was a little bit naive, I don't know, but when I went there, I was just so impressed with what has still existed to this day based on, you know, their empire a long time ago. They also had a very robust legal system. It developed a complex legal system that was able to provide justice and protect property rights, which helped to promote social stability and economic growth. Religion. The Roman Empire was also able to create a sense of unity among its diverse population through the use of religion and a creation of common pantheon of gods. Political flexibility. While the Roman Empire was also able to adapt to changing circumstances and political shifts, For example, the empire was able to adapt to the rise of Christianity and to implement various reforms to modernize the state and the economy. So you'll notice here that many of the same items that appear on the causes that contributed to the fall of an empire also appear on the reasons why some empires survived for such a long time. How can this be? Much of this has to do with excesses. 
while some is good, too much can be bad. So let's take a cursory review of the factors that contributed to their success. These seem to be military strength, centralized government, religious tolerance, political flexibility and diplomacy, strong infrastructure, and vast natural resources. Let's take a short break. That was a lot to absorb. When we return, we'll be discussing the United States and what has made it successful and what might be contributing to some of the things that are causing it to fall. We hope it won't fall all the way, but we'll discuss that as we get back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Sometimes you need to look back to look forward. History is prologue. Has there ever been a time where history did not repeat itself for better or for worse? Listen to Flashback to a Fabulous Future where we will explore ancient history, modern history, and personal history to see how we can use history to motivate and inspire you to create a fabulous future for yourself. The fifth principle of cooperative management is all about education. We rely on education, particularly historical education, to empower you. Flashback to a Fabulous Future with Cheryl Johnson. Weekly episodes available on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Welcome back to Flashback to a Fabulous Future. Hopefully you are learning the tools you need to build a fabulous future for yourself. Now let's get back to the show with Cheryl. Welcome back. Let's jump right into our American history and then we'll go and dig a little bit deeper into my own personal history. So the study of history goes beyond learning the facts and following the thread of a story. It also requires asking the important question of, So what? This question helps to understand the relevance and significance of historical events and their impact on the present and future. For example, understanding the reasons for the success of the Chinese Empire in Asia and how it changed after the Industrial Revolution or the significance of the invasion of Normandy in 1944 and the potential consequences if the Allied forces hadn't landed on the French beaches. This approach to studying history not only makes it more engaging, but also provides a deeper and more lasting understanding of the past. So, doing a little bit of digging, I found that there are several factors that have contributed to the success of the United States over the years. First and foremost, almost everything I came across referenced natural resources. The United States has a rich supply of natural resources, including fertile land, abundant water, and a wide variety of minerals and energy sources. This has enabled the country to develop a strong agricultural and industrial base. Although some might disagree, (laughs) we have had political stability. The United States has a stable political system based on democratic principles, which has helped to promote economic growth and social development. 
we've also had a robust legal immigration system. The United States has historically attracted large numbers of immigrants, providing a diverse and dynamic population with a wide range of skills and talents. This has helped to drive economic growth and innovation. Something unique to the United States, but probably other cultures have had it, but maybe not to the degree that we have, is a robust entrepreneurial base. The United States has a culture that encourages and rewards innovation and entrepreneurship, which has helped to create new businesses and industries. It has also created a robust middle class. Education. The United States has a strong education system, which has helped to produce a well-educated workforce that is well-suited to meet the demands of a rapidly changing economy. We also believe in a strong educational system for everyone. Flexibility. The United States has a flexible economic system, which is able to adapt to changing circumstances, such as technological advances and global economic trends. Military. The United States has a powerful and advanced military, one of the best in the world, which has helped to maintain global stability, you'll notice, not just here, but also abroad, and protect American interests around the world. And our eastern and western borders are both vast oceans, making it difficult for our enemies to mount a surprise attack. And last, but definitely not least, the American dream. The idea of the American dream which is the belief that anyone can achieve success and prosperity through hard work and determination, has motivated many people to come to America and help to create a society that is optimistic and driven to succeed. So these are just a few examples of factors that have contributed to the success of the United States. Unique to the United States' success is the entrepreneurial opportunities, quality education for all, the right to own property, access to the American dream, and our eastern and western water borders. This makes us unique in history. Other countries today have similar attributes, but none have the level of opportunity and the extensive opportunity to own personal property. So now let's jump into my own personal history and how it's impacted my life today. My passion for the Constitution of the United States began at a young age, which, yeah, was rooted in my interest in politics. Growing up, my family was not particularly politically inclined, and it was not a topic that was often discussed in my household. Despite this, my curiosity and fascination with politics was sparked at an early age. My earliest memory of any political event was during the 1972 presidential election between Nixon and Wallace when I was just 10 years old and living in Alaska. Now, Alaska was remote, not just geographically, but also politically. So my friends and peers, they were not particularly politically inclined. And I can tell you politics wasn't a topic that was discussed very much at school. Despite that, I remember supporting Nixon because he seemed like a lover of all things American, or at least that was my perception at 10 years old. But my passion for United States history and government was really ignited at the age of 15 during a historical tour of the country. The tour took me from my home, which at that point in time was in Wyoming, to the East Coast. There, I visited many of the traditional historical sites. This experience was the turning point that hooked me on American history and on government. I remember learning about our founding fathers and the principles on which our country was founded. This created a deep connection to their spirit at the sites where they lived and died. Upon returning to Wyoming, I took a U.S. government class in high school. 
which was not as I expected, as there was a movement to downplay traditional history in schools during that time. My teacher, to his credit, did not want to impose his views on me. Rather, he wanted to develop my critical thinking skills, teaching me how to think and how to support my own thinking with facts. He taught me that despite our opposing viewpoints, we can still learn from each other. This experience helped me to become a better listener and to be more open-minded. Although politics may not always be based on facts, it's crucial to be able to make a rational argument and present it in a logical way in order to engage with others. Even if our views differ, I learned in my high school years that we can still find common ground and learn from one another. My high school teacher was instrumental in this learning as he pushed me to not only think critically, but also to argue both sides of an issue effectively. I continued to study political science in college and took a class from a professor who, once again, views were totally different from mine. But, once again, despite our differing opinions, he encouraged me to think critically and helped me to achieve great outcomes. As a result, he selected me to serve as a student intern at a Wyoming legislative session. These experiences have taught me the importance of being able to think critically, argue effectively, and to learn from those who have different perspectives. My perspective on politics and government has evolved over the years. In the past, I held firmly to the principles and philosophies that my teachers instilled in me. However, as I encountered people with different perspectives, it became difficult for me to engage in meaningful discussions and find common ground. I regret that now, as I realize that we all love our country and want to see it thrive, but we may have different ideas on how to achieve that goal. I've also come to understand that many people in positions of political power do not necessarily have our best interests or the best interests of the country and its citizens in mind, and that their actions are often motivated by power and money. This applies to both sides of the political spectrum. I believe we have grown accustomed to a state of comfort and prosperity for so long that we have gradually allowed control of our country to fall into the hands of those who do not share the same values as the majority of the citizens, regardless of their political affiliation. When you investigate any political issue today, you will find that leaders' decisions sometimes just aren't based on what's best for the citizens, but rather what benefits themselves and their financial backers which in turn influences their voting decisions. Unfortunately, I cannot sugarcoat this reality or provide an easy solution. I cannot simply advocate for putting a few good people in office and assuming everything will be fixed. Instead, I believe we are headed toward a crisis, and many days it feels like it may be too late to change course. This is the problem we are facing. In the past, eh, maybe we could rely on people we elected to solve these problems for us, but now it's time for us to take responsibility. The power to solve problems without creating more problems lies in our localities, not in federal bureaucracies. The larger the entity, the less likely it is to effectively solve problems. In the past, our focus has mainly been on federal elections, while local elections and off-cycle elections have had far less voter turnout. But I think it's time for us to realize that the solution to our problem lies in our localities. Once again, like I said, the bigger the entity, the more difficult it is to solve problems without creating more problems. This is the law of unintended consequences. So what can you do? Embrace the power of you. The solution is simple. You are the solution. Once you understand this concept and have a basic understanding of how our Constitution works, you can take small steps 
with people in your local community to solve the problems that matter to you and your community. First, prioritize your family. The family is the foundation of all successful societies, so take care of those who are entrusted to your care. Second, turn to your faith. When we return to our Judeo-Christian values, the country will follow. Remember, the United States was founded on Judeo-Christian principles, and shared values are crucial for creating laws that govern society. These values transcend many other religions. This allows for a lot of common ground. We must respect and value other ideas and beliefs, but if the principles on which our country was founded no longer serve most of the people, we can change them. However, to do so, we must first understand where our current belief system came from and why it exists. So third, educate yourself on the Constitution. Believe it or not, it's not a complex document. And you can sign up for our Constitution Alive courses and our Biblical Citizenship courses and learn in a fun and interactive way how our Founding Fathers envisioned the future. This will help you decide whether you agree or disagree with their vision and understand the process of implementing change. Don't base your view on the Founding Fathers' ideas on what you hear in the media, as their motivations and information may not always be accurate. Lastly, and also probably most important, (laughs) decide which problems you want to tackle, because there's plenty of them. Are there national issues you want to take on? Or are there issues that are local to your community that are of interest to you? Do you want to be a leader or a contributor? What level of involvement do you want to have in solving problems? A great place to start your search is on our What Can I Do website. Discover your inner co-oper. Are you ready to take action and make a positive impact in your community? Look no further because the Fifth Principle Learning Cooperative is here to empower you to become a problem-solving co-oper. So what in the world is a co-oper? It is simply someone who wants to incorporate cooperative values in their community. Our mission is to bring order to chaos by building self-reliant communities through the development of servant leaders who work together to solve local problems. That sounds easy enough. Together, we can share our skills and resources to create a sustainable financial ecosystem that supports humanitarian, economic, and infrastructure projects. So to join our movement, you might want to ask yourself a couple questions. Do you enjoy bringing people together to achieve self-reliance? Do you have a passion for making a difference in your community? Are you motivated by inspiring others to reach their full potential? Are you excited about learning new skills and knowledge? And do you want to play a role in restoring order to your local community by solving problems? If you answered yes to any of those questions, we invite you to join our membership group and embark on a journey of personal and professional growth. Through our educational programs, you will gain a deeper understanding of our constitution and our history, develop resilience to overcome challenges, and learn about the cooperative business model as a means to revive the economy. You will also discover the principles of quiet leadership, customer service. You will also have an opportunity to engage with quality learning programs that are essential for success in business. Additionally, you will learn about the benefits of living locally and how to fund your efforts. So join us as we explore historical inflection points where freedom fighters overcame adversity and succeeded. Together, we will make our own history and come out victorious. Let's do this. 
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Flashback to a Fabulous Future. We hope today has helped you understand how the past influences the future and created the present. Until we talk again, have a beautiful week. <laughs>